0: Welcome to Featured Insights, presented by Caroline Economic Development. I'm your host, Debbie Bowden. This podcast is for all size businesses in Caroline County and the eastern shore of Maryland to learn from experts at the local, state, and national level. We hope that you gain insights that can help your business run more effectively. Hi, Eric Cook. Hello. Uh, thanks for coming and, and talking with us today. So uh, I'm going to give you a chance in a few minutes to introduce yourself and talk about what you're doing specific to youth apprenticeship, because you do a lot of stuff. You wear many hats, um, but I think today's podcast is going to be about youth apprenticeship and getting the word out there for Caroline County businesses and businesses on the shore about what that means and what that looks like. Um you know, we're the, today just happens to be we're recording many podcasts, and we're talking about workforce. So this is an element of that. And we'll talk a little bit just in general of what the program looks like, um, who you serve, the type of businesses you serve, how you work with your partners. Because although I said Caroline County, you're working with a statewide cohort of uh, youth apprenticeship coordinators like yourself. Um, and so we'll just, you know, Talk a little bit about that, and um, see how we can help businesses understand how to contact you <laughs> to be able to set up a youth apprenticeship. So go ahead and introduce yourself, and then we'll get into the topic.
1: Absolutely. So I am Eric Cook. I um, my office is at the Caroline Career and Technology Center for Caroline County Public Schools, and like you mentioned, I, I wear a lot of hats. So I'm the CTE teacher specialist. And youth apprenticeship coordinator for the county.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, youth apprenticeship is not just a label that uh, the Caroline County Public Schools decided to throw on to a program. Talk a little bit about how that came about, the funding, some of the, 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 regulations that uh, apply to that. So we can give kind of a context when we start talking about it for the business community.
1: Absolutely. And I, and I don't know if you know this story, but I feel like you'll appreciate it. So the official name of the program for the state is the Apprenticeship in Maryland program, okay. which they use the acronym AMP.
0: Oh, right, sure. So okay.
1: right when um, we, we were the only county that has our local AMP program, but we had to distinctively not call it AMP when we, right. we launched in Caroline County. Um, so I just always refer to it as Youth Apprenticeship for okay. that reason. Um, but it was started, it was I think it was either 2015 or 2016, and it was uh, piloted out of Washington and Frederick County. And there was an understanding between the Department of Labor and MSDE that there was sort of this, this gap Between students that are going into their senior year and they graduate, and then June 1st comes, and it's good luck, see you later. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So with that recognition and understanding, the thought process was can we create some type of partnership to sort of build that bridge between... Preparing our students the best we can, but then not really being able to get out and do some of those workforce things that are so valuable that, that you can't learn in the classroom. You can, you can simulate, there's other things, but it's just not the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so they started, again, in, in Frederick and Washington County. And uh, after the two-year pilot, they actually made an official program of study for the state.
0: Awesome.
1: And as of, I believe it was last week or the week before, and for those of you that are catching up on past podcasts in the future, it is it is May 19th. So right. um, early May 2023, uh, all 24 LEAs are approved and run the Youth Apprenticeship in Maryland program. Oh, wow. So that that's a big announcement. They got the last two. Um, literally w- within the last couple of weeks.
0: So LEA is essentially the school system. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yes. So yeah, all yeah.
1: the school system.
0: So it's running through public schools right now, mm-hmm. and it's it's a way to, as you said, to bridge that gap. So you've got kids that, and we've had this question ourselves here in economic development. You know, you've got probably about a hundred. Young people who are graduating that have either not identified that they're going to go to a four-year college or that they've taken another path, military, et cetera, and how can, How can we get them into that workforce? And so this youth apprenticeship starts before they have to make that um, make that decision. Right? It starts before June, and they get their uh, their diploma, they're graduating. So talk a little bit about that. When do you start talking to the kids about whether or not they want to participate in a youth apprenticeship program?
1: Absolutely, yeah. So um, it's funny, because I'm, I'm starting to shift my the timing of my conversation now, because we're at a point where we can do that. But okay. it'll make a little bit more sense in a second. So the program is reserved for juniors and seniors. Okay. Um. They can be as young as sixteen. They can participate at any point between their junior year, uh, the the summer after their sophomore year, because they can participate in the summer, um, and all the way up to their senior year, graduating in June. Okay. Um, part of the reasons, again, you you know, workforce regulations and not having a 13, 14 year old working, right? Um, but also making sure the students do have to provide their own transportation. So typically, what I had been doing is, when a business was approved and had an opening. It was it was one-offs almost. It was we have one spot open. Let's build this gotcha. slowly, which which I hundred percent agree with, but I didn't think it made sense to go and talk with ninth graders and tenth graders. Hey, I have one business right now, and in two years, right when you're in you know eleventh grader going into eleventh grade, I have no idea what business is gonna be open. So so what I had previously been doing is. Just talking with those businesses as it sort of made sense. So, for example, if there was a local um, manufacturing business that was interested in coming on board, I would kind of go in, I would talk with all the school counselors and I would sort of go into the CTE programs or classes that made the most sense. Sure. So, if you have a manufacturing one, I would go in and talk with students that were in the um, Project Lead the Way Engineering program within our, our local AMP program. Uh, within construction or CAD or or honestly even a little bit into the automotive field because they sure. kind of have those same, you know, skills or, or or likings. Um and I would really go specific targeting to that student. One of the things or, or sorry, not to that student, um to the to the specific business or job that sure. had the youth apprenticeship yeah. open. Um, I, I've been working with businesses a lot recently on creating like a sustainable sort of system to, right. to get people into Youth apprenticeship and knowing, like I'll I'll throw out a really easy clear example. So say there was a local plumber who was interested in partnering. If they knew every year in the spring I would take two or three youth apprentices, they would work spring, summer, fall, right, and then the next year we could go back in, pull all the students that are interested in plumbing. Have the students, the business, and myself present to them and explain the opportunity, and then they would have that chance to go out and talk gotcha. with it. Yeah. And, and the the main reason why that's so valuable is I can then tell every single school counselor in both middle schools, both all the high schools, every year we're going to have two openings for plumbing. Right. We don't run the CTE plumbing program, so there's some other things that those students may filter into, you know, to get through their their school days. Right. However if they're interested in plumbing, we now have this. Mm -hmm. So then we can continually capture that list of students and then go in and present to them and essentially offer an infinite variety of CTE programs specific to businesses.
0: Because that's the, the, and I think let's, take it back then to the beginning because so you defined the youth apprenticeship program through the state department of education state department of labor and how we are calling it something else because we're better (laughs) but um let's talk about apprenticeship and what that means and um in terms of the education component the uh pay to learn component and how that differs from what most people think of as the kind of the old school Apprentice, journeyman, etc.
1: Yeah, so so the new apprenticeship model, we'll call it. Um, there are four classes that the students get scheduled into their day. Um, the there's sort of, and there's two different types. So the first one is the easiest to kind of explain. So that's work-based learning one, work-based learning two, and work-based learning three. Okay, that's time in their school day scheduled for that student to leave school, go to a job site with a mentor doing the work that that job and business does, guaranteed minimum wage. More is awesome, but guaranteed minimum wage. Right. So
0: they're actually on the job site and they're learning on the job. They are a worker with a mentor in that place of business. Correct.
1: They're doing all the normal, uh, reasonably speaking, all the normal expectations of the job as they're learning those skills. Okay. So that's class one, two, and three. Um, in, a, in a nutshell, each class is 150 hours because the student would have to earn a total of 450 hours at a minimum to complete the program. Gotcha. The second part of youth apprenticeship, the program, is something called related instruction. Related instruction is unique to each and every apprenticeship position. Okay. Um, I think the best way to give that example is let, let's let say there's a local um, bank that wants to come on board. Okay. The teller position would have to work 450 hours, just like an IT tech support position or maybe even a maintenance repair crew position. Mm -hmm. All for the same business, but each unique job has 450 hours of its own and a different related instruction. Gotcha. So just as a clear, using those kind of three examples as a clear one, the bank teller may go through a training that a local bank has for, for tellers. Gotcha. The IT position could have a related instruction in one of the classes that we run at our high schools that fit that job. So for example, one of our project lead the way computer science classes or something along those lines. Gotcha. The maintenance position could potentially have something from our AMP program, from our construction class, or maybe even a safety training, an OSHA 30, something like that. Because the related instruction can be provided by the school district itself, in this case, Caroline County Public Schools. It could be an online program. Okay. It could be provided by Chesapeake College. It could be provided by the business. Mm -hmm. It could be provided by some combination of all of those things.
0: Gotcha. And that, but that is regulated at some point, right, by MSDE, the Department of Ed, and/or Department of Labor. So you can't have a training program, like an onboarding training program, and an employer, and that necessarily count without going through some uh, review as. As a um, the the training, the education, the related education that you're talking about, I think that's important for the businesses to understand that they don't they don't have to develop the curriculum, right? Um, but they do have to have that apprentice be in some type of formalized um, approved a style of learning that's outside of them actually being in the job.
1: Correct. And actually, I don't know how we left off. Probably one of the biggest pieces of this is to become a a business partner with Youth Apprenticeship is there's a, a short application. I think it's like 13 questions. I usually joke that it takes 10 minutes to complete if you stop. Brew a coffee, drink a coffee, and then continue. It's very easy. Gotcha. Um, and, and I've helped business with it too because there are some there are some questions with with wording things that certainly I'm more than happy to help with. Sure, okay. Um, but that application actually goes in front of the Maryland Apprenticeship Training Council, which is the same group that does adult apprenticeships. Okay. And it it sort of meets the same criteria. I, I don't I don't want to say watered down because it has a negative connotation, but uh, a reduced hour requirement and a reduced Related instruction requirement because we also want to keep in mind that they're high school level, right? You know, with with limited time and ability within a business.
0: But the outcome is not reduced necessarily. Correct. Because you're taking a young person who has expressed an interest in doing work. So we hear a lot of businesses, and, and we see this across the board, where it's, you know, we don't want to work, student, young people don't want to work, older people don't want to work, people don't want to work, et cetera, et cetera. But if someone, a student, has said, yes, I want to be involved in an apprenticeship program, that number number one, 50% of them getting a job has been answered because they want to participate in something where they have to work. They have to go to an employer. Um, so, you know, it's allowing that business owner again to know, all right, I'm bringing in someone who's young. I get an opportunity to train them on the technical skills, but then, and you mentioned the term soft skills earlier, um, show them how a soft skill works in the actual workplace and how that differs from soft skills in school. Um, and you also touched on something that I want to talk about, and that is the difference between youth apprenticeship and adult, also known as registered apprenticeship. Can you just give this kind of overview of that, uh, qu- the differences there quickly?
1: Absolutely, yeah. So so the biggest thing is really the um, reduced hours of work of- on of on the job training and working that is part of it um youth apprenticeship also does not have a competency based pay scale so okay. for example with a registered apprenticeship as you like would you would begin on say let I'll use easy numbers 20 dollars an hour as you gain more skill and reach a certain checkpoint you would then earn 22 dollars an hour as you continue through the program and earn more skills and become more efficient and productive with that business you would then continue to increase your pay gotcha That would be amazing with youth apprenticeship if they continue to excel and earn more money, but there's not that structured requirement as much. Um, And there's also with youth apprenticeship versus the registered apprenticeship, there are like minimum numbers for registered apprenticeship versus youth apprenticeship. If there's no one in it, it's not like Department of Labor's coming, knocking, going, hey, I don't have anyone in, you don't have any youth apprentices in there, what's going on? Gotcha. I mean, particularly, too, because some businesses may not be every student's cup of tea, which is totally fine. Right. Um, but then when we do find that right student, I mean, it really does tend to be very successful.
0: And you have a success story, right? That, yeah. <laughs> uh, in what I think people would not consider a typical legacy apprenticeship program. So you want to talk a little bit about that?
1: I, absolutely. It's funny. I think one one of the biggest strengths of the program is also a weakness is the students do so well that... Another youth apprenticeship can't take over for those students that started in the first right. place. So, um, the so we have this school year we will have our first two youth apprenticeships graduating. Um, one of them is with a local Caroline County business, um, Midshore Technology, mm-hmm. and he he's uh, essentially it's IT support um, youth apprentice, and and he's been able to take part in a whole bunch of. Awesome projects and things. I, I don't, right. don't want to give away too much of what Midshore does and right, give him a right. little commercial, but just amazing opportunity. Um, and he's uh, graduating the next, I guess, I think it's like seven days to, to graduation. I'm not exactly sure. Yeah. Um, but he's going to go on full time with them and, and continue with some post secondary education at Chesapeake and work full time right. you know, with them. And, and then we have another one too that um, he's working at. Uh, uh, Rick breeding excavation, but he's actually doing like a diesel mechanic.
0: Oh my goodness!
1: Yeah, and and while and I think when I last talked with him uh, last week, he was even saying that he's actually going to go out and he's thinking about going to do like a diesel mechanic school, uh-huh. and then come back and continue to work there. Oh,
0: that's fabulous! So, and
1: this is a student, you know, who who is so excited to go off to college and looking forward to it. And you know, I don't think that was one of his plans you know, earlier on. So the fact that he made that connection and is able to work and see the value of that and, and then just, you know, like, like it's, it's amazing to see how much he's grown.
0: Yeah. So I do want to uh, and give a shout out to Justin Smith of Mature Technology. He is the owner of that company, leading the path for this apprenticeship uh, in a Caroline County business for Caroline County public um, school student. And just give... Th- Shout out to Chris, the the apprentice, who came out and did some work um, last year for us and was awesome. Would have never guessed that he was a high school student. So those soft skills. Not only did he learn the technical stuff to be able to help us out, but he had the soft skills to be a great salesman, provide good customer service. He talked to us as, you know, so many young kids and older people, too, have trouble having communication, but he he learned that and he was able to speak um, just very professionally. And anybody that's going to take on diesel mechanics in this day and age when <laughs> there is such a need for that and then go off, that's a highly regarded um, secondary education, that trade school, um, that is just awesome. So, um, so if we have a listener that wants to find out if their business and their roles in that business can fit into the Youth Apprenticeship Program, what guidelines can you give them and how can they contact you in order to talk to you a little bit more about it?
1: Yeah, so I will do my contact information up front. So the the easiest and most efficient and best way is to send me an email. My email is cook.eric at ccpsstaff.org. Again, that's cook.eric at ccpsstaff.org staff.org. Or you can go to our website, and it'll have my email on there, which is www.carolinetech.org. Simple. Very simple. Very
0: nice. So yeah, give that website again, please.
1: So the website again is www.carolinetech.org
0: and find your contact information on there. And uh, if they somebody wants to do a little bit of homework, is there a place on, on that website that talks about youth apprenticeship?
1: Absolutely. So we actually have information on all of our programs of study, but that's a different conversation. Um, but you will find uh, information specific to youth apprenticeship and some of the benefits, some of the questions that people may have. Um, but on top of giving everyone a little bit of homework, because what teacher doesn't like to give everyone homework, <laughs> Right. Um, it, it, to just answer the other part of the question is it's really any job or career where an individual has an opportunity to earn a sustainable living wage with an opportunity for career growth okay so when you had mentioned um you know you know not your not your father's apprenticeship or not the old the old trades apprenticeship mm-hmm. it, it truly is any career where you can earn a sustainable living wage with an opportunity for career growth okay the example that i always like to give with businesses is You couldn't do a drive-through window apprentice for McDonald's as a youth apprenticeship. Gotcha. However, someone could work part of their time in a drive-through while also doing scheduling while also doing cashier and that person could be let's say a, a McDonald's franchise apprentice mm-hmm. because if you're going to own and operate a business you want to know each of the parts within the business sure so it doesn't even necessarily it doesn't necessarily mean that there aren't entry level things that that can't fit something like we recognize that they're still young they're still developing skills but right. they're There really has to be that opportunity for growth. So
0: some other business considerations then are ensuring that person, Mm -hmm. um, responsibility of another adult, right? Mm -hmm. So taking someone who's doing work and taking that person's time to focus on uh, training Mm -hmm. um, and, and checking back to make sure that a, a an apprentice is doing the right stuff um, and then you mentioned transportation we'll leave that one off for now <laughs> but the the other two the insurance considerations mm-hmm. and and taking resources from inside productivity of a business is it what should a business think about when they're looking at a youth apprentice
1: yeah so that that's certainly a, a challenge and a barrier that that does exist um, there This is a conversation that's come up, as as we mentioned, all the other school districts in the state of Maryland now have a a youth apprenticeship coordinator like myself. Um, Some have multiple at some of the larger districts. Um, But the conversation has come up that there are certain jobs or things or equipment that may not be the best fit for Mm -hmm. someone that's under, we'll use 18 as the easy cutoff here that pops up a lot. There are some things where because that apprentice would sort of have that one-on-one mentor, if there was someone with that person and they were learning that skill with someone, there certainly would be what else? I don't want to say a little bit of wiggle room, but but certainly there's a little bit of room when there's you're directly with that mentor because gotcha. they're working with that. Um, one of the other things that has to happen for a youth apprenticeship is is before getting approved, there has to be a site visit from someone from the Department of Labor. So the Department of gotcha. Labor will have counterparts to our apprenticeship coordinators. So for us, they're called the apprenticeship navigators on the Eastern shore. That's uh, Bob Zimberoff. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the... Department of Labor equivalents of Bob are kind of spread out throughout Maryland. And that's one of the things they'll do. They'll compile the packet, they'll do a site visit to the business. Just I I usually joke, we want to make sure that we're not having like a vial of acid out and the high school is going to come in and some evil experiment or anything. Uh, You know, obviously safety is the number one concern always. um, And that also extends to our students and and businesses, obviously, have that same concern.
0: Exactly. Um, But but that's
1: something that reviewed. and, And there may be a situation where, you know, hey, this youth apprentice can do. A B C D. Uh, let's not have them do E until they're 18 and trained a little bit more, right. or maybe they got to be 18 and go through an additional training. But again, that's that opportunity for career growth and advancement.
0: So our, our time, believe it or not, our time's <laughs> almost up. This has been it's so fascinating because it really is an opportunity for local businesses to be able to take a, a student, um, get get an employee for. 450 hours minimum, yeah. minimum of 450 hours train someone um, in, you know, I, I think it's something that uh, way back in the day when I was coming up, we saw that I, you know, you graduated from my high school and a lot of people went into just work in offices or manufacturing and they were, they were given an opportunity to learn right there. And then things changed and we're moving at much faster pace. This gives that student uh a leg up on their education and their learning of, as you said earlier, how to be in a workplace. But it gives the employer um, a fresh perspective, someone who um, can learn culture, can learn how, learn the language in addition to learning the job. And so I think it's really – and it can be anything. It can be a fast food restaurant. It can be IT, construction, mm-hmm. um, driving – you know, a diesel mechanic has to get in behind the wheel, so truck driving, etc. So there's lots of opportunities, and don't let if a business owner is listening, don't let that old um, idea of apprenticeship through unions through trades kind of hold you back from reaching out to to Eric.
1: So yeah, if you even have a one percent part of the back of your mind going, you know what? I might, I think I might be interested in this. Reach out, and we can have that conversation exactly. of is it apprenticeshipable. Yep. Is it something that makes sense, or maybe it's something that we pursue in a different way? Exactly. So there's so many opportunities out there for for businesses and and you know for the students to connect to. And, and the biggest thing, and I wanted to add this one last piece, was a business that takes on youth apprenticeship may not realize it, but they're creating a culture within the business of teaching and learning and building. Mm-hmm. So you know, yeah, I, I want to advocate for the great experiences for students, but really, I, I think when a business is able to take that on and and develop and operate in a way where they do want to develop and train people, you're also going to see benefits from the business end, not just you know from, from me and the students on our end. Exactly.
0: Eric, thank you so much for coming out today. I appreciate it. Uh, we'll have you back and we'll dig into some other topics of some of the other hats that you <laughs> wear. So Eric Cook, very good. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe to Featured Insights and look for us on your favorite podcast platform.